You're listening to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Martha. Thank you for joining us. Vanessa Maria is our interviewer this week as we take a listen to her conversation with the producer KG. I've always wanted my music to evoke emotion. I always say this as well, like the phrase I use in terms of describing my music in a nutshell is like sort of mixing the rough and the smooth. There's always like a heavy melodic bass, but my goal is to make everyone move. Having initially shared her musical talents with the world in the late noughties era of UK funky, KG stepped away from the spotlight after losing faith in the industry. 2018 was the right time for KG to come back. Her much-welcomed Sensei EP for Goon Club All-Stars cemented KG as one of the most talented and supportive members of London's dance music community. To celebrate the release of her new record, Sensei 2, KG talked to Vanessa about building a healthy relationship to writing music, the nuances between beat making versus producing songs, and just how different her experience of sharing music has been this time around. There is also a video version of this exchange available on Ari's YouTube channel if you'd like to watch them chat. I hope that you have a wonderful listen to KG on RA's Exchange. Welcome to RA Exchange. My name is Vanessa Maria and today I'm joined by the goddess of rhythm. KG's low-end sub basses and energetic drum patterns have been taken over London's dance scene and she's been platformed on BBC One Extra, Red Bull Music, Boiler Room, what else? And now she's recently joined the Capital Rota as a presenter. KG, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, how's your energy today? I'm feeling good, you know. It's just nice to sit with you to do something like this. Like, it's an honour to have you. It's been a long year. It's been a long year. Oh, my gosh. 2020. And you know what it is? It's like, at this present time, now that things are sort of popping back into the midst of, like, potential events, is kind of like readjusting to all of, you know, the city kind of bubbling over again, isn't it? Yeah. Completely. I think things are starting to just about open up and I know today has been a great day for you. You announced that you have been awarded the music grant by Time to Power Up. Yeah, mm. it's, that was, yeah, shout out to the PRS Foundation. Um, literally, I'm one of 40 participants for the programme that's designed to sort of tackle anti-blackness, um, anti-black um, racism in the music sector. Um, and also racial disparities in the music industry. So we are like a co- cohort of 30. It's a mixture of music creators and black executives here to network. They've also funded our activities. This funding will actually help me um, prepare for like my forthcoming album that I will release in a year or so. So yeah, the cash injection is amazing, but just being integrated into a network full of other black creatives. I think this is like the first um, thing that's really um that I've I've really been involved in that I can see would really really help me leverage um all that I've managed to accomplish so far so yeah 
I'm excited. I'm gassed. I'm gassed for you. It's like a new community that you're being part of. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. And through that, you're being able to make new music. As you yeah. said, an album. And I know you just released Coco featuring Mr. Silver off yeah. Black Acre. And you had, you know, I'm a piano vibes going on. What can we expect from the new album? Do you know what? I feel like with this new... Well, it... Evidently, having the support now, the financial support and the backing and a great team um, and labels, well, I think I can really go deeper into my artistry. Um, so that's the thing, like I'm singing on Coco, I'm kind of stepping out of that producer DJ bracket, obviously channeling those two energies as well, but going more down that record making route. And I really feel like an album would be the next step up um from that as well be my first official one so yeah i need to <laughs> i'm gonna have to deliver girl because whoa <laughs> girl. the first one the first one can't be a bomb yeah so it's yeah, exciting pretty much. it's exciting absolutely and definitely marks sort of the next stage in my career trajectory this is like a point in my musical career or aspirations i should say that i've been meaning to work towards for a very long time but didn't have the means to do so or the team to help in order to get me there so now i feel like all of the places are all of like the what they call it all of the pieces are kind of fitting into the puzzle now it's all aligning it's all coming together yeah. oh, how would you describe then like your production style over the years and how how has it changed because i know you've released three peas you have kg sensei um and i was on i, I also had a project on um, Hyperdub, so yeah. the Touch EP, that was a collaboration with myself and Scratch DVA. And also we went on to build sort of like the Bootleg Classics um, EP as well. So yeah, spot projects here and there from like, um, from that moment I came back into music in 2018 and really was kind of reintroducing myself to like the newer generation of DJs and radio presenters, but also reconnecting with like, the audience that I'd established from like decades ago. So I even feel like from that point in the three years, my production level has probably, it's just evolved. <laughs> um, coming back into music and becoming accustomed to new things, new people, new networks and just new sounds really. And I'm from that era where, you know, with UK Funky being at its peak, I guess with 2009, like the classic era, um, your Deneo, your Apple, <laughs> um, your DJ Perempe, that sort of glossy era of UK funky. There were records happening there, but there were also really solid instrumentals too. So that was all that I was trying to do. Make beats, make beats, be seen, get on the scene, stay on the scene. So now in comparison from then to now, it's like, now we're in record making format. So working with artists, getting back into my working with artists mode, as well as being one myself too. So I'd say that's probably, yeah, the, the, the majority. Yeah, I'd say that that's probably the, the most change that's sort of taken place in terms of like how I approach my music now. There's a difference between being a beat maker and being a producer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's levels to it, you know, like, creating enough space so the vocal can do its do its thing. Whereas the beat making, this is like one format or approach to music making that I've been used to, um, which is you're in your own head, really. I can 
do a madness from top to tail. And there's no <laughs> <laughs> vocal wear, like <laughs> the beat is doing what it needs to do. But with um with the records, it's been a learning experience for me. Um leaving room and structuring and formatting. Um, which has been great. It's been a challenge, but it's been great to kind of go down that route because ideally that's always what I've really wanted to do. I just didn't get to do it <laughs> um, years ago. So yeah, I'm at that point now. Sounds like a holistic process. There's a lot of elements to it. Is there, yeah. is that like a ritual that you go through? Do you have any like spiritual rituals or is it just you, you're in, you're in your studio and you're making, or is it like you need a little cigarette? Like some people would do different things. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It depends, like, you know. Water, um, everyone. Water, everyone. Yes, please. We're responsible. Um, but yeah, if the vibe is right, create a vibe. Like, my music, I feel like I've always wanted my music to evoke emotion. Um, I always say this as well, like, the phrase I use in terms of describing my music in a nutshell is like sort of mixing the rough and the smooth. So there's also, there's always like a heavy melodic bass, but. My goal is to make everyone move, whatever tempo it is. Do you know what I mean? So, I feel like if I'm not, if I'm not provoked in the studio, and I'm not moving, or there's no goosebumps, <laughs> yeah. If I'm not, I got my little cut. If I'm not dancing, ah, yeah. oh, the tune's dead. It's a wrap. Delete, I love that. delete the pro profile, project file, start again type thing. So, I'm very much. You know what it is as well. It's like I don't. As much as I'm influenced by um different musical styles and artists and producers i'm in a, an, an amazing network and i have amazing access to so many talented producers and djs but the thing is that's all secondary like i have to fall in love with my sound first in order for me to put it out i'm very much dictated by how my own music makes me feel mm -hmm. and then everything else is a bonus if you guys happen to like coco that's great because I loved it anyway. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I take that approach with everything that I, I make and produce. Do you ever go back and listen to a track and oh fall out of love with the music? Every time. I hate listening to it. You know when I start liking my music, when it's out and it's on a Spotify? And you see the streams. Yeah. <laughs> I hate everything. I hate it. When I, when I make it, because when I make music, I fall in love with it so much. I listen to it every day. I listen to it on the commute. Um, and there's actually a way to, you know, I've been listening to other producers and how they sort of deal with it and kind of, uh, it was actually Jubilee, uh, DJ Jubilee from NYC. She said that she finds it hard to mesh her music with, you know, stuff from other artists when she's listening to a playlist. Um, and also other DJs are always so say this, like, how do we draw a line in between being overcritical to your own sound? Um, take a moment to kind of take, step away, maybe go into another room, play it from another room. So you disassociate yourself from the pr pr production process. You can actually feel like you're listening to your own music, but someone else made it, if that makes sense. Cause I feel like as creatives, we are overly critical. So I'm learning how to disassociate. Like I would probably not, I tried my hardest with this EP, but it, it failed. I was listening to every track every single day. So I've got really bored. I'm already bored of the EP that's not out yet. <laughs> But um, it gets like that. Yeah, it gets like that. Yeah, but I try to disassociate from what I've made, so I'm not over critiquing. And I've done that before, and it has helped. I would make something and like, right, laptop shut. I'm never gonna listen to that song again until it's it's released. 
And so when it's released, you're like, oh, I actually did that with the Black Roses and B2B no way, with um, project with Unique. Yeah. Made it. That was it. After it was mastered, I'm like, right, I'm not even trying to check for this until it's out. So listening back to it, I'm like, yeah, this goes <laughs> off. <laughs> this yeah. is hard. Yeah. Because I disassociated myself from it. I came out of my critical mind and was just listening to my own music as a consumer. And yeah, that's when you can really hear the magic. So I'm trying to do that, but I failed with this EP, I'm not going to lie. It's interesting because I feel like love and hate are such fine lines. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it makes sense. And I don't know if you've read a book called All About Love by Bell Hooks. I haven't. I know you remember you were telling yeah. me about this. I need to, it's in my basket in, Am in Amazon. It's, I need to go and copy. You need to buy it. Yeah, you need to buy it. I do. It, that sounds right up my street as well. Listen, That's my thing. It, I think it will be. And it, it talks all about how genuine love is the foundation for relationships yeah. in every capacity. Yeah. So it's also the relationship that you have with music and yes. how would you then describe your personal relationship with music? Do you know what? It's so, it's so funny. And I was, I've tweeted this out. I actually made a thread on this a while ago. Um, music at some point, um, I would say this, I can mark it about good decades ago was almost like a pit of despair for me because it's changed. It's made a, a complete 360. Um, but back then it was kind of like, you know, number one being an anomaly in an industry full of men. Um, and even if you were getting support from those men, that support was conditional. Um, and without going into detail, you know, it, 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 it got real deep and dark at, at some point. So, uh, okay, let's, um, an example, like tr the, the music is the tree bark and all of the roots and the branches just lead to some sort of drama, each and every one of them. That's a lot. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. almost like you'd look at your gift as like, oh, it's, it's becoming a bit of a burden to carry. Like, why do I, almost like, yeah, I know that this is probably my purpose and my calling, but why is that tree not bearing fruit? Um, so music to me was like, I, I love doing it, but people are making me hate this, this thing, this skill that I have. I'm not able to fully engross myself in my art form. So coming back, and going into therapy and, um, you know, talking to like counsellors and stuff. And they were like, now that you're back and you're sort of renewed and you've done the work, it's great because you sort of made peace with the fact that this is how you felt about this, but you've fallen back in love with your calling and your purpose. And actually, um, now music is more a source of your healing. Mm -hmm. So this is why I, I, I had to sort of draw a line between... Um, subjectivity and depending so much on audience opinion because it's great i'm so happy that i get so much support it's really overwhelming i know a lot of people just say oh by default i'm saying thank you babes thank you Han, thank you sis a thousand times a day but i really mean it because i've never had that type of support before and all of that is amazing but then in general the core point for me and what's kind of restored that um, love towards music is that it being a major source of my healing because I've kind of reckoned with it but it's like a, a renewed approach to my gift if that makes sense now so yeah it's like kind of yeah entering a, a relationship that you once what you had a major long break went and did some work and then come back to the relationship better brand new you're ready to go you're ready to go yeah, yeah. so that's that's where 
I'm at with music right now. It was, it was a, it's just a personal, it's an emotional thing. That's what I'm saying. I'm sensitive about my, my stuff, you know? <laughs> this is not a game to me. It's not just, like, I, I work hard. Like, I'm really attached to my craft. So it's important for you to be connected to it and love doing it, regardless of what anyone thinks or what anyone says. So, yeah, definitely a renewed a renewed love for music because it really wasn't the case before. It's really beautiful to hear you, like, articulate yeah. that, you know, I can feel Because it happens. Passion. There's a lot of yeah. artists that one thing I didn't want to do once coming back is just stay in that energy of like being jaded because it's so easy to do that and sometimes yeah I will waffle in and out um because the music industry is difficult don't be fooled by the highlight reel it it gets a bit much sometimes you know with certain individuals and different personalities and different energies meshing all the time and you're absorbing other people's opinions about your your work that you've pushed out of your womb and given it to the world and people are there critiquing it with a fine comb. It's very exposing, but um, no, I, I can say I'm very grateful to, to at least be at that stage where I can remain optimistic, even if I was to stray away at some point and feel a bit down about it. But then, yeah, nine times out of ten, I am very optimistic because I'm just connected to my work and everything else is just secondary around that. I think you're like one of my favourite musicians, but also my favourite humans. Oh, Ness! <laughs> no, and that's on... Your mind, though, seriously. <laughs> I was so gassed when they told me that you were going to do this interview. I was like, well, who, uh, who else? <laughs> who else? <laughs> and I just feel like your energy is so contagious in real life, but also online, on Twitter, you are tweeting. And one of the things that I've really noticed is how, how passionate and how loving you are in the community that we have forged online. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like that is something that people talk about all the time when people mention your name, KG, that, oh, do you know what? She's been supporting me from day. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So what does, what does community mean to you? Community is so important. The reason why I'm like that as well is because I vowed to never become, you know, I didn't want to come up in the game and complain about gatekeepers and then get to a certain point in my career and then become one. It really just, uh, uh, it's redundant. It, it removes and kills everything that I stand for. And whereas I was in a position, again, when we go back to music being a point of despair for me, I didn't have community. I didn't have community. It was me trying to forge relationships with people that were self-serving. Um, their help, again, was um, a transactional only there wasn't any realness to it so being let down consistently when you're open and giving person that was just my reality at the time and even though the music out there the music was coming at full throttle you know feeling funky is like 10 years old people don't really know that it's a 10 year old song a 10 year old song the time that that was made, yeah, was so, it was, I went through so much with that song at that time. And even though, yeah, you had people that sort of believed in, in you and in your craft, but it was just temporary. Again, it was just a self-serving. You know, when people come to you, they're helping you to help themselves. Yeah. They're not necessarily for you. They're for what you're for. So when you stop popping, it's like, oh, I'm over you now. Who's the next, who's the, who's the next girl that I can latch on to? so I can absorb their light as well. And that was just the thing. That's all I can remember from that time. Um, so 
I, I was like, well, if I'm going to come back into music, what can I do differently? If, if I could be the Karen or the, K, the KG, sorry, to another aspiring KG that's coming up in the game, I, I want, I'd want to be that. Any younger emerging DJs that need advice, I'm, I'm there. Because I would have wanted that. I'm a big believer in just treating people how you want to be treated, you know. Um, karma is very real as well, like... My energy clean, like my karma's good. <laughs> I like to keep it that way. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So I, I'm very intentional about sowing good seeds. And because community was not accessible to me then, I'm, I'm adamant on creating that now, not only for myself, but for others. I really feel like there's just a bigger picture outside all of this. Do you know what I mean? So definitely community. Community is what got us through the pandemic. If it wasn't for community, Bandcamp Fridays wouldn't be a thing. You see what I'm saying? 100%, yeah. You can't do this by yourself. Mm. This is not an ind individual individual thing. Obviously, some people think that, and good luck to them. But, you know, I, I feel like that's really important, having that support, support network. And you talk a lot about that moment of despair that you went through. Yeah. Um, and you returning to music in 2018. Yeah. How, or wh what was the the moment where you found that community again and was there a particular moment do you can you remember it was mad because and shout out to game club all stars ed and felix for unearthing the kg gems <laughs> and getting me back on job because um, i wasn't even taking them seriously at that point in 2017 i was starting to dj um so i was like oh i want to dj i wasn't i've been producing longer than i have been djing It'd probably be the third or fourth year that I've been DJing now. I read somewhere that you started at eight years old. Uh, production, yes. Mm -hmm. I was programming, uh, yeah, I was programming and on music softwares from eight. Mm -hmm. Production's my bag. But DJing, literally, it was literally off the back of <laughs> Club All Stars. So Felix was like, right, okay. So we're going to re-release 808 Midnight. Um, by the way, can you DJ? And I was just like, uh, no, like, do I have to? <laughs> I'm a producer, okay? But it was like, oh, I was like, no, but I can learn. This was like a couple of months before. Oh, mad, yeah. Uh, but I'd been DJing a little bit. I wasn't great. I was still cling, cling, clonging, clonging, but. Put a couple of tunes together, uh, but they were like, Oh, okay, I said to them, yeah, I can put some tunes together, it's cool. And they were like, okay, good, because we're going to do like an introductory show to you on Rinse FM. And I was like, wait, what? My first <laughs> set's going to be on Rinse FM in January 2018. So from that moment, I was like, oh, it's goal time. Mm. It's really goal time. And just the reaction off of those old tracks. Because I honestly was just like, they're going to do the release and I'm going to disappear again. I didn't, I didn't see... You couldn't have told me, <laughs> yo, KG, you're going to be on Capital Radio on 2021. You're going to get this. You could have never told me. I would have been like, can you stop lying? Because I really, it's really, I can't see that happening. Mm. So it was a case of I was going to release on Goon Club All Stars and just dip. Go. Um, but <laughs> it, the speed of just becoming... Um, connected mm. to everyone in 2018, you know, and the new faces that I'd met, you know, everyone from uh, Mina, Tash LC, um, connected with Dance System, who's a very great friend of mine, James, who was, you know, under the moniker of Elvis 1990 back then. 
so many people that I got introduced to, but then also people that were like, KG, like, you're back. So I was like, oh, <laughs> so you noticed I was gone <laughs> type thing. Um, so that really inspired um, the zeal to really, um, I, can't, I looked at music differently, like, oh my God, there's potential that this could get me back into radio. There's potential that I could really finish off what I've started because I was just so worn out. I thought that this would be a fleeting moment and the moment just hasn't, it just hasn't stopped. It's just going, 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 going. So from that moment on, I realised, 2018 for me, um, yeah, I'd say from that Rinse FM that's it. I need to find that set. Oh my gosh, girl. <laughs> it's actually all right, you know. Yeah. yeah. But you see, now, you know, you, you see the, the different levels of DJ then. But it is so, yeah, it was just so nice just to get on radio. After having trying to get back on radio, but just being integrated into the scene again. Then going to events and connecting with other amazing DJs and meeting new people. And I just, a fire had been lit that was once sort of doused. I thought they'd gone, literally. So Goon Club literally were the starting point for that. And my return back into the music game, I just never really looked back since, to be honest. Uh, that's, and do you know what? You were talking before about being a woman in the industry yeah. and that was a very difficult time. Did you ever had any sort of anxiety about coming back at, in that space? And like, oh, how, did yeah. you, how did you prepare for that? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, th that 2017 year was like, um, I'd, I'd had bouts of therapy and counselling even after university, because um, that was quite a turbulent time from like the 2009, 2010 period. And finishing university and then not having a job and not trying, really hard to find a graduate job at that time. I think there was like a mini recession going on there. My mum had been made redundant too. So I fell into a very deep depression. So I was in and out of therapy from that stage, but really took it seriously in 2018. It's almost like I was preparing for something that I didn't know that I was preparing, what, what, was, what was coming. You could feel it. Yeah, yeah, I could feel like 2017, get your, get, get your stuff together. Um, so I think that's what it was. There was, a, I was a bit apprehensive knowing, um, how turbulent it was for me sort of navigating the industry as a lone woman, as a lone producer. But I thought, let me get my mind and my spirit together. Um, and also at the point as well, you, you build resilience and your, your thicker skin, but it's like, you know, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like instinctively, you know, that okay, if anybody calls me to do this, I, I need to make sure it's a safer space. But coming back in, it's like, there were so many safer spaces established. That's what, that, that's what I think really, um, yeah, re remove that apprehension um, away. Because going, going back into, uh, for example, like later on that year when Foundation FM was birthed, and I said to Frankie, mm. I. I love the fact that I can walk into this studio and not feel like men are checking me out or sizing me up, you know? It's just in this, a station full of amazing women built by women. It's like, I needed this 23-year-old KG needed something like this, do you know what I mean? But it's so beautiful to experience this in my, in my 30s and know that, wow, at this point, I can really fully take advantage and know that there are sort of safer spaces evolving. So that kind of killed that anxiety knowing that 
I could move more free. Yeah, I I was able to be me more freely in comparison to, to before. So any, it killed any form of doubt or anxiety knowing that I could be, I could do my thing unapologetically um, without judgment. And you'd be accepted. And I'd be accepted, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about your name then, KG, because it doesn't have a gender prefix. Like, have you always always been called, have you always named yourself KG as an artist? And you're gonna start busting up when I tell you the story behind that. Um, So basically, I used to MC. No, you yeah. know what's coming next? The Hot Sixteen. <laughs> Fire in the booth. Yes. Yeah, we're gonna have to change the settings again. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, emojis. So that's really what it was. On top of like being obsessed with music production in my in my teens, in my formative years, so to speak. You know, I I would be the one that would make songs. I'll be spearheading the rap songs, spearheading no. the MC. Because at that time, at Pirate Radio was really thriving. And we were at that point of making that transition from, I guess, UK, UK garage, the more glossier side of UK garage, the soulful side to more like grime, you know, your Dizzy Rascal, um, your Crazy Titch, like the, 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 the grimy the stuff. Grime, yeah. And all of the girls are starting to MC and I just like clashing them and beating them. So, because <laughs> uh, I used to production was also my thing. I was just like, I wanted to pair it up with lyrics. So I was like, but what's going to be my tag name? All of the girls, I went to a girls' school and survived, thank you God. Um, all of the girls had, you know, you know, like girls, that baby girl T-shirt and little <laughs> Miss X. And I'm like, but you I'm not know. little and I'm not a baby girl. Like, <laughs> I was quite chubby. <laughs> big bone, big bone. So I was like, hmm, maybe my initials, KNG. KG, and so one of the girls was like, KG, like your name, oh my gosh, that's so boring though. I was like, oh, okay, you know what? It's gonna stand for killer girl. Wait! <laughs> this is so corny. Do you know how corny that no, is? No, I love it. It was all Killing... on my English books, no my way. math books. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> KG, killer girl. And then from then, that transition out of MC into like, you know, this maybe this, this mm. is a little too rough for me. Maybe I'm gonna <laughs> put the mic down, okay, mm-hmm. and focus on production involving my production. Um, into the college stage and the university stage, I then rebranded as KG the Phenomenon. And then there was KG the Female Phenomenon because I just wanted to brag at the fact that it was a woman. Because uh, nine times out of the 10, all of the guys that would message me after hearing my tracks, I would like spend ages on like Facebook. Back then there was no Facebook fan pages. It was like Facebook groups, small community groups that all the DJs used to hide in. I'd be like sending all my chats to all these men. And they'll be like, yo, bruv, yo, this tune is mad. And I'd be like, babes, I'm a girl. (laughs) So yeah, literally I'd evolved through the times and outside of just calling myself mm. KG, or it was Miss KG. Some people still call me, call me that now. KG Female Phenomenon, KG The Phenomenon, but obviously it's such a tongue twister, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, eventually I just shedded all that and just stuck with, stuck with KG. What was your go-to bars? No, she can't put me on the, where's the instrumental? You can't be putting me on the spot like that. You need to give me the beat. 
And I was actually, I need to find that lyric book, you know. I was like, you have all right. You, you know? were all right. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, back then as well, what was common, we had, you know, TV was a thing. People actually used to watch TV and we had like Channel U, which sort of was the hub for all of the grime MCs and grime artists. So, you know, at that time, I think Lioness was pretty much at the forefront. Um, I loved every girl that was spitting like, a man, to me, that was so empowering because no one was producing. So the nearest thing that I could see myself was another black girl in a cipher full of mandem killing every one of them. So that was what I was aspiring towards. So it'd be Lioness, Shiesty. Um, so it was pretty much inevitable for me to go down that route until I was just like, yeah, I'm, um, let me stick to production. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be my thing. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have a KG featuring KG. Yeah, one time I'm soon. Not, you know, yeah, yeah. the face off, yeah. the face, yeah, a little, little lyricism there, here and there. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I might experiment though and see, like this album might bring out a different side of me as well. I'm just so excited because it's just a new palette of of uh, uh, a new palette for me to paint on. So I may be tapping into that. Uh, the, the earlier KG years and seeing what I can pull out from that. So you have the the background of like an MC artist. Yeah. You, you're, you're in the production so since eight years old. No, I love it. <laughs> Presenting Capital Radio. How do you um, select the artists that you work with then? Because you have such a broad understanding and knowledge of artistry and being a musician. Yeah, yeah. With, with artists, um, I mean, now I, I, I think I'm at the point where I can be selective, but it's definitely all about synergy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I can't speak for all guys in, in the music game, but they are very, the majority of, of men that I know that are producers, for example, just, I guess maybe it's an innate thing. I can't speak for all of them, but from what I've experienced, they're quite impulsive with their music making, whereas I'm not like that. If I meet a producer, um, I, I like to build a connection. Um, the first studio session may just be us vibing. We may not even make something, but the next one that you come f- through to, oh, it's game over. I'm on a MIDI keyboard where we're building a project together. But you know what I mean? It's like, I'm, it's a process for me, it's just having that, <laughs> I guess you can say kind of vetting and see what their vibe is saying before you really go down that production process sometimes on a whim i just throw it out there you know they could be like oh i'm feeling your vibe i've got this maybe we can align but even still i'm very i guard my creative space so much i hate yeah i hate rushing into stuff um so i'm doing less of that now as opposed to maybe a couple years ago like someone could call me up or message me on Facebook. Oh, da, 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 da. yo, sis, I got this. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. I'll send you a demo tomorrow, and then nothing will come of the demo. So, yeah, there's there's a method to to my madness in that sense. Where there are some artists that I do really admire, but I also believe in divine timing as well. I hate forcing stuff, and for me, I've seen it manifest so many times. That, for example, Mr. Silver. I've known him for 10 years. We have been in the studio at that time in 2000, maybe 11, 2012. Just couldn't catch a vibe. You see what I'm saying? It was yeah. the wrong timing. Now, the studio, went, the studio vibes was 
oh, crazy, astronomical, because it's the right time. So I, um, yeah, I really believe in intention and just allowing sort of, of time to take course and having those connections, but really getting in when it's the right time, definitely, definitely. I'm not forcing anything. Everything has to be organic. I completely agree with that. It has to feel right and it has to, that, and it has the to genuine, right, authentic connection yeah. with someone. You, you can sense it, you can feel it. Exactly, you yeah. can feel, that's the thing. This is why I'm so uh, nitpicky because you can really, even that, you can hear the synergy uh, between those two artists. You can really know if they gel with each other from that, the finished product. And it's not anything that I'd like to, to force because I've, I have gotten to that point in the stage of my whole career span where music felt like a chore and I'm really not trying to go back to that right now. So, yeah, someone could say, OK, like even recently, oh, you're OK, we want to work together. I'm like, yeah, we will love your stuff. When the time is right, the time is right. Completely. Yeah. It's like God's plan. It's like, yeah, let it, let it flow. Like you can't. Mm. I'm not going to be sending you stems, like, in the next <laughs> hour, B. Like, <laughs> you got to let it be. It's all love, yeah, but let a sister warm up to you first, you know what I mean? I completely, and you know what? It's, 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 that, it's that idea of, like, what, what, what's meant for you will never miss you, you know? Absolutely. And why are we rushing? Why are we rushing? I know some people will say, oh, but we just had a global <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> but I understand that. Obviously, time is of the essence. But um, what's really for you won't pass you by, trust me. Mm -hmm. Like, for me, I really thought that a lot of amazing things that I'm experiencing now were inaccessible to me. And it, I'm literally a walking testament to that. You know, what is really for you will wait for you until you get your stuff together so you can fully bask in it, you know, so. Because if you're not ready for it, you can't. If you're not ready for it, you're gonna probably abuse it, you know, so, yeah. So what would you tell your 16-year-old self? <sighs> Stop emceeing because this is not working <laughs> out, girl. Okay? This Kill a gal. Way. <laughs> Kill a gal. <laughs> go see, go see her somewhere. <laughs> go sit down somewhere. Um, but, oh, gosh, what would I tell my 16-year-old self? Um... um that's that's a question yeah there's so much like you know yeah just um 16 year myself i'll tell myself to you know your your uniqueness is what's going to make you successful and um you being you being different is is a part of your your beauty is a part of your makeup and you don't have to try to ever fit in otherwise if we were to fit in then life would be a very boring linear space to thrive in so basking your creativity and basking your uniqueness because it will pay off one day i felt like you were talking to me <laughs> i really took that in yeah yeah thank you so much thank you this has been great you know we can definitely do eight hours of this boy so you're gonna have to wrap it up girl because <laughs> no but thank you so much honestly this has been great very um what's the word cathartic purging I feel like I've healed with you and I feel yeah. like I feel like I'm on your We've got the plants, got the, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's so zen right yeah. now. Yeah, no, I appreciate you, honey. Thank you. No, honestly, thank you so much. And you're such an inspiration to me and you've always been supporting me from the very beginning. So it's just it oh, feels dang. so nice to be joining you in this moment and I'm excited to see you soar. Thank you, girl. Always love for you, man, this, trust me. Yeah. 
Thank you for listening to RA's Exchange with KG and Vanessa Maria. I will have a new episode for you next week. Until then, our full archive is available for you to take in. And if you find something you love, please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts as it helps get our stories to more ears.